It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening with the aforementioned News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, sports editor of the uh, News Gazette, back for some vacation time. How you doing, bud? Good. Just made the uh, the speed walk down the hallway from the newsroom to, to get here just in the, the nick of time, and it feels like I didn't miss a beat at all, so uh, glad to be back. Listened to the show last week. Good job, guys. Way to, way to go. Thank you. <laughs> it makes Scott feel good. It does. I, that's all... That's my attempt every day is just to boost up Scott Ritchie's ego as much as I can. Scott is in the uh, studio. <laughs> not even sure what to say about that. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't take much. So, to <laughs> his, his head fit through the door here. So. We've got some basketball to talk about, as always. Phone line, by the way, is open, 217-356-9397. Some football to talk about as well. The quarterback club golf outing today. Down at uh, the Orange Course, 130 players involved in that. And then going on at this hour at the Elks Club in uh, Savoy, right behind uh, Old Orchard Lanes, is a meet and greet where most of the coaches are supposed to be there. And most of the coaches were out there on the golf course earlier today. So that's the quarterback club's big fundraiser of the season. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't on last year, obviously, because of the pandemic. So uh, good to see that back and a good chance for for Brett Bielema and his staff to to interact. And Bielema has been a a traveling man here recently. was in Indy last week for Big Ten Media Days and was up at Wrigley Field uh, yesterday to to sing the seventh inning stretch. And I thought he did a good job. Uh, He he attacked taking me out to the ballgame with gusto. There you go. And then he's going to make an appearance down in St. Louis uh, this Friday uh, for the Cardinals-Twins game down at Bush Stadium. So making the uh, the radius here of, of the Midwest Big City Tour uh, this past week. Attack is a good way to put that because really in that role there, and I've never done it, nor would I ever want to do it, <laughs> uh, you just kind of be the – you need to be the conductor. Just get the crowd going a little bit. Yeah, I, he was – I mean, I, I'm not sure I knew – or had any expect- expectations for how he would fare as a uh, a singer, but yeah, yeah, I thought he did a, a fine job. I thought he I thought he played it well as, as we sit here analyzing <laughs> Illinois football coach says uh, every public appearance, <laughs> man. <laughs> but I thought he did a good job when uh, you know you're supposed to say root 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 for the and all the Cubs fans say Cubbies, and he just held the microphone out. I thought that was a very diplomatic move. Didn't want to single out any Cardinals fans, White Sox fans, anything like that. So. He's done this a time or two. And Andre Corbello was there yesterday to throw out the first pitch. Yeah, and I didn't you know, get a chance to see it. It looked like just from the, the photos, just he went with the normal first pitch. Uh, maybe just get it there. He, I did, was, he I, didn't try like a behind the I back. I was hoping it would be the, the, the first ever <laughs> no-look behind the back first pitch. Um, Sail into the first row on yeah. the third baseline. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have Kofi there to, <laughs> to haul it in, so maybe next time. 
throw a lob pass to behind the back lob pass to Kofi. That would <laughs> be good. We'll certainly have some Kofi conversation as we go along. By the way, Dion Thomas will join us at 5.30. Bob Osmussen is with us on the telephone. Robert, how you doing? I'm good. How you guys doing? Good. Your thoughts on uh, you had a chance to see uh, some of the uh, Big Ten Media Day action last week and then all the expansion talk that's been going on uh, since that time and over the weekend. Where are you on all of this? What do you think is going to happen? Well, um, it's, it's pretty nuts. It's another, another round is coming, right? But I think um, I think the Big Ten wishes probably that they would have gone after Texas and Oklahoma. Maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, sure, I sure wish they had because those two teams seem like the most logical to add to the Big Ten long term. You want to go from 14 to 16, there'll be, there would be the obvious teams to go after. So I think that Big Ten will redirect now, maybe go a different way. Hey, one thing about the simple thing is, I mean, the take me out the ball game thing. You guys don't maybe don't remember Ron Zook did that. That was not good. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he scored a little bit. He just kind of zooked it. So it was, it was fine. But uh, anyway, but yeah, the expansion thing is, um, I don't know, if, I don't think the word unfortunate is necessarily true, but I think it's kind of, you know, the game's changing so much. The SEC with these two new teams is going to be almost way, I mean, they're already way too good. But they're going to be way too good more than way too good. So I, I, I just didn't know, you could, they're going to all be up on each other. And probably cost themselves some spots in playoffs, actually. So, we've, so maybe it's good for everybody else. We've got the telephone uh, lines open two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Got a caller on uh, with the News Gazette sports writers and yours truly, Steve Kelly. Go ahead. Uh, this is Kelly. I want to ask uh, you guys a question. Um, when do you think you're going to go back down to the Esquire? We're going down to the Esquire on the Monday after Labor Day. Okay. Nope, the is Monday after September 13th. September 13th would be the date. Okay, is that permanent or is that just one time deal? Nope, it's permanent through uh, through basketball season, as far as we know. Oh, wow. Well, I will definitely have to show up one of these nights and introduce myself to you guys. I mean, you guys do a great job and I love, I love all your knowledge. So that's all I got. So thanks for taking my call and. I'll keep that in my mind. So Please do that. We'd, lo- we'd love to see you, Neil. Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. 217-356-9397 is the phone number. Uh, Bob, the Big Ten uh, apparently is not going to get Texas and Oklahoma, although I think when the news came out, and maybe it was too late, but I, if I was mad, if I right. was a, a Big Ten commissioner or somebody high up i'd have taken another shot at them and maybe they did i don't know but yeah just just why not and uh you know photos circulated in the last hour or so on illinois athletics twitter account that kevin warren's actually in champagne today uh so don't know if josh whitman did a little wink wink nod nod to, to see what what he might have on, on any insight in that but it's certainly news that is sending shockwaves across uh college athletics and it's totally driven by by football and uh even with it's interesting to me there's so many layers to to peel back but it's it's intriguing to me that they unveil this proposal for the college football playoff to expand to 12 teams 
when you've got Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, and Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, who are both part of that, you would have to wonder what that was like if Sankey's sitting on this because it doesn't seem like, oh, all of a sudden this just happened last week. It seems like this these discussions have been going on since winter uh, with Oklahoma and Texas and, and the SEC and uh, just how that affects uh, the college football landscape. You'd have to think the Big 12 is going to implode. Um, maybe the eight remaining teams decide to stick it out, but there's going to be numerous conferences probably trying to poach those teams, and there's going to be numerous teams probably trying to reach out to conferences to see if they can find a landing spot as well. I think eventually what this move by Oklahoma and Texas has done is it's going to speed up the creation of what we've talked about for years most likely is the these formations of these super conferences where I think you could realistically see – a four 16-team conferences spread out across the country. Now, obviously, there's a lot of hoops that have to jump through, but like we saw at the beginning of last decade when conference realignment starts, it doesn't necessarily stop until all uh, all parties are, are satisfied, and, and that mainly mm-hmm. means TV money and media rights deals and, and things of that nature. So this is going to have lasting ramifications on, on college athletics through the next 10 to 12 years or so. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Go ahead, uh, Carly. You're on Monday Night Sports Talk. Well, it's Carl. Uh, I I just wanted to mention, I saw last week where Dabo Sweeney was saying that he didn't think there could be enough 12 teams good enough for the playoffs. was one thing I saw. I don't know if you guys saw that stuff, but... That's what he said. I guess at the ACC media comp media day or something. Well, to to Deb, I would say you ranked Ohio State eleventh in your final <laughs> coaches poll, and then they beat you. So maybe there will be twelve teams that are good enough. Okay. The the other thing is, I was looking at Kansas, and I was thinking about Kansas and Kansas State. Obviously, Kansas has the better basketball team. But uh, the K-State um, football team is a lot better the last se- last several years. So would that kind of balance out and make Kansas State a more attractive uh, addition to a conference? What do you think about that, Bob? Well, it's, it's really tricky because what you're always looking for is football value, right? And I, you know, I, I just didn't know what to, what to think with the those. I think you got got to just because as much as much as we love basketball and as important as it is is to Illinois fans, it's not that big of a deal um, in terms of finances and all that stuff. So I, I think we well, kind of have to wait and see on that. Well, in in, okay. in in Carl's point too, I think you know can't the first two schools. I think when you pop up because the SEC moving to sixteen teams, I think is going to have a ripple effect at least among uh, people that follow college athletics, fans. Just the idea of of the thought of these four sixteen team conferences, whether you still call them the SEC, the Big Ten, ACC, Pac twelve, whatever you want to do in the future. But in the Big Ten, you're already at fourteen teams. To me either Kansas or Kansas State and then maybe Iowa State would make sense if you want to want to try to go after them and also the Big Ten if they would want to take a swing although 
Notre Dame is kind of a pipe dream, especially with their ACC ties already in, in basketball and, and last year them being a member of the ACC in, in football. But we know independence, being an independent in football means so much to, to Notre Dame and its brand. But you'd have to think you want to, if you want to try to get to 16 teams, maybe take a swing at them as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's all really driven by football. I mean, Kansas is a great brand for, for college basketball, but their football program in the last 15 years has been a complete disaster, both on the field and off the field. And I don't know if the Big Ten would want to try to add uh, a program like that, especially from a football side. Um, I know from a pure sports editor standpoint here in Champaign, I'd love to see Illinois, Kansas State in basketball because you got the Bruce Weber angle already. And football, Kansas State makes more sense than than Kansas, but there's just a lot of a lot of possibilities out there, and uh, we'll have to just wait and see what Bob, happens. Bob, do you think that, um, you know, normally the Big Ten is looking for, I say normally because I don't know if this changes the landscape, but they're looking for higher-rated educational facilities mm-hmm. or institutions rather than than maybe Kansas or yeah. Iowa State. May, maybe those two are on, on the verge of uh, being able to, to join the Big Ten under the old – uh, requirements. I'm not sure about the rest of the Big mm-hmm. Twelve if they would be. What do you think about that, Bob? Well, yeah, I think I think I was saying academically is considered pretty strong. I wish Julie was on the phone; she could tell you for sure she knows all those numbers. That's why Texas made some sense for the Big Ten because I know Texas views themselves like they views themselves better than everybody and everything. Right. But, uh, academically, they view themselves high bar. But Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are not considered great schools academically. So that they don't necessarily, and Kansas State certainly not. They don't, they don't add a lot to the Big Ten that way. But of course, the flip side of that is that those schools want to come because they know the academic reputation of the Big Ten. So everybody wants to be part of it. I think it helped Nebraska a lot. I think everybody views that as a real positive. It makes it really easy when you say, when it comes to Big Ten, they say, they say yes, made almost immediately. I, I think we should maybe look outside the box, see is there a current a team currently locked into a conference that maybe would think about coming to Big Ten otherwise, like uh, Vanderbilt. You know, I think about North Carolina, uh, and not Vanderbilt, I think North Carolina. Um, team like that, that, you know, again, really good school and, and getting really good football and obviously great basketball. And they would add another state to the footprint. I think that would be a way to go. I think there's some other, I think, again, don't you have to call Missouri? You know, Missouri is probably fine in the SEC, but they're going to get beat to death here in football the next Forever, okay, forever. I mean, they'll be good occasionally, but they're not good. They're not going to win very much football. And you say, come to pretend you have a fairer chance, and obviously, academic reputation helps you. So, I think those are two I'd think about. And I heard Duke and on the show Saturday with Steve with you guys. It's like again, no football there. So it's like I don't really want to see Duke in the Big Ten. Because the football is as much fun as as would be in basketball, Scott. Football rule. So I don't want to say that. I wouldn't be surprised to see the SEC just 
really go big and just say, hey, let's get 20. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's what's stopping right. them? And, and Bring in Florida State and Clemson. And yeah, why not? Take a shot at Ohio State and yeah. Michigan. Well, that's I, a, that's I don't know how hard it would be for uh, a team to leave the Big Ten. Well, that's the thing, too, that we've we've seen through all this conference realignment in the, in the last decade is, you know, tradition and allegiances and things like that are all kind of thrown out the window. And what's interesting an interesting dynamic to all of this too is you look at this from a big 10 perspective the school that predominantly dominates in football is ohio state and the big 10 has managed to keep ohio state happy enough where i'm sure if gene smith called greg sankey and said hey what would you think about us trying to join the sec or if gene smith calls jim phillips and says hey we're thinking of expanding our footprint to the acc i'm sure they'd be like yes come right now and it just there's such a ripple effect with this decision if you look at the big 12 you've got schools in there like tcu who joined the big 12 uh, in the in the recent past with all the realignment uh, i know they were part of the old southwest conference so they've got some tradition there but they go from just kind of being in the club with these blue bloods with texas and oklahoma to now they're probably wondering what the heck their future looks like in, in college athletics and what are they gonna have to go back to the mountain west conference or, i mean there's just so many factors here that are just going to have large ramifications on what the future of college athletics looks like. It's not just an Oklahoma and Texas decision uh, that's going to affect. It's going to affect all the every school in the Power Five. You'd have to think uh, just with the ripple effects of this decision. Bob, with um, Illinois practice set to start next week, some news today. Jake Hansen was named to the uh, Butkus Award watch list. Are you getting excited for the start of uh, fall practice? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be a lot of fun. Not that we're necessarily going to ever see it, or maybe five minutes, ten minutes of the start of practice. But, yeah, I, I think it's cool. It's always a fun time. And they get, that first game is going to be here in the blink and eye. And I'm looking forward to that because I think we're all kind of in the, in the dark about where Illinois is. But we'll know, you know, a quarter in a game. Can can they play? Are they doing the right things? And are they off to a good start that they need to get off to? Yeah, it won't be long. And uh, that first game, August 28th against Nebraska. Bob, any other football thoughts here before uh, we let you go? And and welcome Deion Thomas to the show. What else is on your mind football-wise? Well, I, I look forward to the national rankings will be coming out here in the next few weeks. Now, I think that um, I think there's going to be some surprises at the top of that. Maybe not first, second, because it's going to be typical Alabama, Clemson. But I think you're going to see some teams in there in the top five or ten that you don't normally see. Iowa State's one of those teams. Just It's going to be more, more scrambled than maybe before, and I think that's kind of cool. I like new teams. Unlike Dabo, I like more competition. I like to see. I want. I want to. I have a four, 16 team playoff. But 12 is great. So I think the more inclusion you have, the better. The better the game is. So. All right, Bob. Good to hear from you. I look forward to seeing you in person hopefully soon. And uh, thanks for yeah. checking in with us. Thanks, guys. Great to be on with you. Okay. Take care. See you, Bob. Bob Osmussen with us on the uh, telephone as we hit 5.30 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Deion Thomas will indeed join us 
on Monday Night Sports Talk to talk some hoops. We'll keep the phone line open as well if you'd like to join us back after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with the News Gazette sports writers, sports editor Matt Daniels, basketball beat writer Scott Ritchie. We had Bob Osmussen on for a bit when we were talking football. Glad you're with us. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397. So welcome to the program, Dion Thomas, Illini Hall of Famer, member of our broadcast team on the radio for basketball. How you doing, Dion? Hey, Steve, I'm doing well. How are you this evening? Good. Are you staying busy in this off-season, uh, soon-to-be-gone off-season? <laughs> well, well it, this is even busier time for me, I mean, especially going in to, as a fundraiser for athletics. You know, football season is coming up. Of course, basketball did what it did, and now with Kofi coming back, I'm very, very busy, my friend. When I ask you about Kofi coming back, I know you were – uh, like all Illini fans, happy about that. Uh, do you think it was a wise decision for him? Oh, most definitely. Um, I, I understand the way the game works now and, and with him uh, taking a look at the NBA, even you know with the portal. I, I understand all of that, but I think he made the right decision. Uh, I don't think there was another institution uh, that could – you know, benefit him the way the University of Illinois has. And like I mentioned, now with the new NIL deal, I, I don't know where he would have. He would have had to go and recreate a name. He has a name here. Everyone loves him. He's legacy building right now. And with all of that, I mean, I definitely believe he made the right decision to come back. Dion, everyone already knows, obviously, what Kofi brings to the court in, in terms of his, his dunking ability, his rebounding ability, his ability to affect plays around the rim. What steps do you want to see him take to improve his game uh, next season at all? Well, I mean, I think all of those things that, you know, you've heard people talk about. I mean, I think he still needs a, a solid go-to move. Uh, more of a finesse go-to move, like a jump hook or things like that, where it's more consistent. Uh, I think he definitely needs to extend uh, his pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop game where he can knock down that 15- to 17-foot jump shot consistently. And I believe the last thing on the defensive end is getting better in the pick-and-roll. I mean, it's it's difficult when you're 7 feet plus, 280-something pounds plus. As great of an athlete he is, it's still very difficult at times to stay in front of these little guards. And that's another area that I believe he has to improve in, and his stock will skyrocket. Hey, Dion, you know, we, we saw what Io was able to do coming back for a year three, you know, the season he put together, kind of maybe the legacy he was able to cement. What's possible for Kofi maybe making you know, that, that similar choice? You know, with this team, that is, you know, an individual doesn't make a team. Let me first and foremost say that. But what Kofi does is add something that no one in the country has. And not very many people even in the NBA have. And and that is a dominant, dominant big man that can get you points and rebounds and definitely defend the paint the way Kofi does. So him coming back along with the team that um, Coach Underwood and his staff have been able to put together – to come back with the well, El Malago out there, you know, making passes between people's legs to him and getting things in the right place, 
what Kofi can add to this team and what would cement his legacy is, and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say it because I'm not afraid to. This team, last year's team was, I believe, a great team. This team is better. I believe they have the potential to be a lot better than what they were last season. And that's losing such a dynamic, you know, great player and leader like Ayo DeSumo. I still think this team has an opportunity to be better. And I hate to put that pressure on the players and on the coaches, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, and I think that all starts with the big fella in the middle. Talking to Dion Thomas. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. let get your thoughts on the coaching staff that had to be kind of rebuilt and reassembled. How do you think Brad Underwood did there? Well, I, I love it. Let, let me start off by saying the addition of Chester Frazier. Um, Chester was one of my favorite players when he was here in Illinois. Um, his toughness, his grit, his determination that he plays with, uh, was nothing short of spectacular when he was here. I think those same traits have carried over into what he does as far as recruiting and coaching. And one of the things I always believed, and this is, I got this from my coach, and Lauren, you, you guys have heard this, Coach Henson says, you always have to recruit players that are tough. So if you're a tough-minded guard or a tough-minded player, you're going to seek out tough players. And I think that is one of those things that uh, Chester will definitely bring to the table, will bring in those kids with some grit, but also kids that are really talented. And I've known Tim Anderson for many, many years. Uh, watching him train NBA players, watching him train and work with high school players when he was both coaching at the AAU level with Main Street as well as when he was at Crane High School, I know he brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to this team. And then I think you round it out with, no, Jeff did not go. Jeff Alexander did not go to the University of Illinois, but he has orange and blue in his blood for a long time. So I think you have three guys that you have rounded this staff or rebuilt this staff that all have Illinois ties that have, I believe this is a place that's near and dear to them and not just, you know, stop over and not trying to throw any shade on the previous coaches. But I think when you carry something in your heart and here I am speaking about carrying the university of Illinois in your heart, I think you bring a little bit more. I think you work a little bit harder. I think you dig a little bit deeper in order to get the things done that you want to get done or that coach needs to get done for this program to be successful. And that's what I see from this group that coaches put together. I think he has an amazing staff. He did a great job of replacing those amazing coaches that left. Dion, you being a Chicago guy, and, and like you said, you, you've known Tim Anderson for a while, and it seems even going back to, to Coach Collins during your time at Illinois, Illinois always had a guy on staff with those Chicago ties. How important is that for high school coaches in Chicago, parents of top prospects in Chicago, the prospects themselves in Chicago to have an assistant coach at Illinois that knows how the city works and, and what the city of Chicago is all about? Yeah, well, first of all, that's a great question. And, and I'm going to start it off with this. I think you guys would agree with me that Midwesterners are some of the most loyal people that you'll get to know or be around. You you multiply that by a factor of 10 when you come to the city of Chicago. It's very difficult in this city if you have not built up relationships, you have not built up trust, 
if the parents or the players or the coaches don't know who you are. I mean, it's very difficult to get top players out of out of the city of Chicago. That's why what Coach <clears throat> what Coach Underwood did when he brought in Chen Coleman, I thought was excellent. Uh, along with Orlando, who has been recruiting in the city of Chicago during his time when he was at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So now you bring in someone that's even more connected to the people in the city of Chicago because of the relationships that he's built up his whole life here in the city. Um, you, you ask how impactful that is? You, you can't get more impactful than that when it comes to bringing people, or bringing young players down to the University of Illinois. And I think Tim's going to do an excellent job as they have done previously in the last couple of classes. Hey, Dan, when you, you kind of mentioned maybe the potential of this team and maybe how successful they could be, I think a lot of that might come down to you know the fact that Brad Underwood has some options. You know, there's there's some depth, I think, um, at, especially maybe in the, the backcourt and on the wing. Uh, but what's maybe the challenge for college coaching staffs now where you've got well, this year's a little different with you know, 14 scholarship players, but on and and every year you know 13 scholarship players, and maybe trying to find a balance and keeping enough guys happy, and you know maybe you know knowing that that transfer portal's looming every off season. Just what uh, how how would you approach that, having maybe coached in college previously? Well, I mean it's 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 very difficult. This is some strange time. You know, everything that's going on is, is unprecedented right now. So everyone is really sitting back trying to figure out this whole thing and how to recreate it. The first thing you need to do, and I think Coach Underwood has done a tremendous job at this, and you guys will agree, is creating relationships with his players. Letting them know and understand that you have their best interests at heart and that you want the best for them. I think the style of play that coach plays also tends towards guys not really leaving or, or looking to go anywhere because he plays 10 players. You know, everyone normally touches the floor. And those other four guys are normally guys that understand that they have to get better. So if you can create believe in, and, and I, don't use, I don't like to use the term buy-in, um, because I think that kind of cheapens it. If, if guys believe in what coaches is trying to get them to do, believe in what the assistant coaches are trying to teach them, and believe in one another, I, I don't think you go wrong. Now, does that mean that you're not going to lose some guys to the transfer portal or that you're going to have guys that are you know, upset every once in a while? No, of course you're going to have someone that's upset. But what you want to do is to make sure that you solidify your core and that you solidify those guys that will be able to go on and teach the young players that are coming in after this. I mean, we have great classes <laughs> coming in in 2022. And like uh, Cabrillo said last year, he learned so much from Io, from DeMonte, and from Trent. So if you can keep guys like that and make sure they stay in the fold and they believe in what you're trying to do, then it's hard for you to lose guys um, to the transport portal or anything else when they trust and love their teammates and their coaches and they believe in what they're trying to do. So that's what you, that's the life, that's what you want to create. I mean, as you've seen, we, we say a lot of family and these things, you want to create that family atmosphere. And I think that'll save a lot of the headaches that a lot of the coaches around the country are having to deal with right now. Another minute or two with Dion Thomas. You've been a head coach. You've been an athletic director. You've got a job now as a fundraiser for uh, the U of I. You're working on the broadcast 
uh, team and doing some uh, TV work as well. Did you get the coaching bug out of your system, or is that something that you still may go back to at some point? Um, I'm, I'm always coaching, whether I'm walking on the sideline or not. Um, and I deal with and talk to a lot of young people, not as much, of course, during COVID, but pre-COVID on a daily basis. So I, I still look at life coaching as coaching. So I'm always coaching, and I'm always going to do that and be that. Now, does that mean walking up and down the sideline? I don't. I, I don't know if that's going to happen again. I pretty much like. I love. Let me change that. I love what I'm doing right now, and I love the fact that I don't have to worry about being fired. <laughs> 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 because eighteen to twenty-two year olds don't listen and do what you really want them to do. Right. So no, I'm pretty comfortable where I am right now. Dion, final question for you. Obviously, Thursday night could be a, a big night for, for the Illinois basketball program with Ayo Sumu and, and the NBA draft and his chance to potentially go in in the first round. Uh, if you could, just take our listeners back to what draft night was like for you in 1994 at all. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> one of the I – mean, you, you can run the gambit of emotion while, while you're sitting there. I mean, just a little story. I remember my agent called me, the Dallas Mavericks, um, Deion Dallas was going to take you I believe it was 14 and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting I'm waiting I'm waiting and they call someone else's name so you go from this you know euphoric feeling of being extremely happy to being the lowest that you can be at this time and then you get even lower because all of those names are being called before you and these are guys that you've played against whether it was in the camps and things like that and you've played better than and you're like oh my god what is going on and you continue to slide and then, I'll give you another point, they, my, my agent called me again and was like, okay, I just got off the phone with the Bulls. They're going to call They're going to call you. Are you going to the Bulls? So now I'm really excited. I get to play for my home team. And then they select Dick. They were oh, Dickie Simpkins. So I heard the D and I jumped up and I heard Dickie Simpkins. <laughs> so you sit back down on the couch dejected again. And then my agent called me and was like, okay, you're going next to Dallas. So now I didn't even move off the couch because I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> this thing has been a roller coaster all night. And then Dallas calls my name, and I'm sitting in the house with Coach Collins, his family, my grandmother, my girlfriend at the time, and I lose my mind. This is I don't think Io's going to go through any of that um, because I think he's a solid first round pick around that lower teens, mid, you know, upper to mid 20s. Um, so I don't think he won't have to deal with that peaks and valley of emotions. But it is an emotional roller coaster, but it is one of the most exhilarating, exciting, and exhilarating nights of my life. And I'm just wishing him the best um, because you all know, you've talked to him, you've interviewed him. He's a great young man. He's a great ambassador for the university and the city of Chicago. And I'm just looking forward to him going somewhere where he can thrive and get better and make that team, make that team better. Hey, Dion, good stuff. Always uh, fun to talk basketball with you. We'll uh, start doing it on a more frequent uh, basis as we move along. But uh, thanks for taking time with us. Always, gentlemen, and looking forward to it, man. The, the fall and winter can't come fast enough for me. And I, <laughs> I'm so excited about what we're about to do on the football field as well as basketball. So let's go. Good let's stuff. But thank you all. Yep. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Dion. Thanks, Dion. All right, guys. Have a good evening. You too. Dion Thomas with us here on Monday Night Sports Talk at 548.
We'll take a break and be back with more after this. It is about nine minutes before six. Still got time to get in on Monday Night Sports Talk if you like, 217-356-9397. Thanks to Bob Osmussen for spending some time with us off the start, talking some football, and uh, most recently with Dion Thomas. Basketball talk, he's uh, fired up and ready to get started. For the, uh, I would imagine that uh, as a fundraiser working in Chicago, the excitement of Kofi coming back, the excitement of a new coaching staff in football and in basketball mm-hmm. too, for yeah. the, the most part, uh, has made his job maybe a little bit easier. Yeah, you'd have to think so. And then obviously uh, we'll wait and see what, what transpires on, on Thursday night with Aodasumu. Uh, two rounds of the NBA draft take place Thursday night. Dasumu's got a chance to be the first line I picked in the first round since 2012. First line I picked since 2012, which is just kind of hard to fathom and wrap your head around. He's going to get picked Thursday night. It's just a matter of if it's late in the first round or early in the second round, or maybe he moves up to some boards and goes in the middle of the round at all. But still, a lot, uh, a lot of anticipation uh, to get going uh, ahead of the new school year. And, and like you said, Steve, football's going to be here before we know it. Let's take a quick call here. Go ahead. You're on the air on Monday Night Sports Talk. Hi, hi, Steve. Um, Coach Biel is really focused on uh, bringing in a lot of uh, in-state uh, players in next year's recruiting class. But in basketball uh, for 2022, we've only got we've got three uh, out-of-state uh, commitments. I'm just wondering, are we going to if if the Illinois top kids like Casey and Shoot, if they uh, Shoot, if they want to uh, come to Illinois, are we going to have any scholarships available for them? I'll uh, hang up and listen. Okay, appreciate the call. Scott, we'll let you weigh in on that. Yeah, pretty sure if A.J. Casey and Jaden shoot, <laughs> like say tonight, they'll tell Brad Underwood, you know, we're in, uh, he'll make it work, however that, that may be. And, I mean, it's tough to say how many scholarships they'll have available for the class of 2022. It's really tough nowadays with the portal. Yeah, and also, of the available scholarships, how many are going to go to high school recruits? Because, right. you know, there's 1,700 players that transferred mm-hmm. you know, this this offseason, um, and there'll be likely that many more uh, next year, too. And it's, there's just different ways to build a roster now. But, uh, yeah, if Jaden Shute, who just had a great – July for Illinois Wolves. They, you know, only lost one game this summer. Took home the Under Armour Association Championship on on Sunday, and I think you know you'll see his rankings skyrocket because he kind of proved he's not only you know the best shooter in Illinois, but maybe one of the best in the country. If he's in, like, uh, they'll probably find a spot for him. All right, Scott. Who who would have won this weekend? The Illinois Wolves or the House of Pain if they would have played? <sighs> um. It's kind of hard to discount what the Wolves did <laughs> this summer. And they got some talent. You know, Jaden Shute, Braden Huff's a high major prospect. He's got an Illinois offer. He's added offers from Iowa and Michigan State in the last 24 hours. Jalen Quinn from Tuscola has played pretty well. Then again, I mean, Dallas Penn guys are pros. Grown men, yes, exactly. And so, uh, th- they I mean, didn't quite get into the team aspect of things, did they? Yeah, and I mean, Illinois Wolves, I mean, that's why they won the their title mm-hmm. is because they've – Got a really good program there with Mike Mullins has put together, uh, and they embraced, you know, kind of what they can all do together. Uh, House of Pain. Uh, it was a rough, rough Saturday in Peoria. Ravante Rice looked great. Um, Would have let him shoot everything, uh, and I'm not sure. I don't think you go into it thinking Brandon Paul is going to shoot two of twelve from three point range, 
but he did, and you know, they just didn't have enough uh, maybe in the tank to put together the type of run they did last year. Need to take one final break on uh, this edition of the program. We'll do that and be back after this. A couple of minutes before six on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. We had a question earlier in the show about returning to the Esquire on Monday nights. We will be doing that September 13th. We'll also be doing a couple of shows from the Aspen Tap in August. And we'll do a show on Labor Day. We will labor on Labor Day. We will labor. We'll be one of the few people laboring on Labor Day. We'll you would be two, anyway. We'll have two Illinois football games in the bag. Exactly. By the time we get to the Esquire, the season is a fourth of the way over. True. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Baseball tonight, the Cardinals are off. They're 50 and 50 They've through been off all seasons. 100 yeah. games. I quit on them a couple times over the weekend. They are I'm a frustrating bunch. Not sure, I'm not sure I'm back on the bandwagon or not. I mean, they won when I was there, so that's all I need this Yeah, me this too. I was they just there. need to play the Giants more, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good series. Cubs take on the, the Reds tonight in Chicago. The Cubs are 49 and 51. The White Sox at 59 and 40 with a nine game lead. Lance Lynn. Play at Kansas City. So, what are you guys working on for this week? Uh, yeah, just a lot of uh, a lot of basketball coverage. Uh, we've got some big high school coverage planned later this week for our prep year interview that Kyle Nikas is working hard at. All area wrestling, which I never thought would happen in late July, but hey, that's what the 2021 school year was like. So lots of lots of local coverage coming this week in the news gazette. Thanks to you, Matt Daniels. Scott, appreciate your time. Thanks to uh, Bob Osmussen and Dion Thomas for joining us as well. Right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly for the guys. Thanks for listening and have a good night.